0: Hi everyone, this is Ashley Gronwald with Hunter Row Real Estate, and I had the pleasure of joining Jess Connolly on a Zoom call with about 20 other podcasters, and we all got to ask her questions about her heart and her vision behind this book, Breaking Free from Body Image. And so I wanted to share. This interview with you, and again, the questions that I ask are questions that all of us podcasters asked Jess during this interview, and so you'll get to listen in on the conversation we had with Jess. I hope you enjoy. So, my first question for you, Jess, is how has body shame been an area you have personally struggled in?
1: Yeah, I'll, I will give three. I'll give three, three examples. I I think if I had a lot of time to think about it. I could probably share more like 8 to 12. Um, but I would say here are the big three ways that I've struggled with body shame. Um, the first is that somewhere along the way, and actually you made going to make me cry, so just, you know, everybody prepare your hearts for that. Um, somewhere along the way, early on, I came across the belief that my body was weird. And that... I. My particular issues with like aesthetic body shame—they tend towards feeling too big. I'm I'm like a curvy, I'm a curvy girl. I um, growing up, I have a sister who's like two feet taller than me, and um, I'm I'm curvy and blonde and sh- and kind of pale, and she's like thin and tall and and dark skin. And so she was always my immediate reference of what beauty was. She's an actual, she was an actual model growing up. Um, she's also like the world's nicest nicest person and I'm a little snarky like she's just she's just great. I say she's like snow White meets Jesus. And so I always compared myself to her a lot growing up and uh, but it wasn't just the bigger thing. It wasn't just the size piece. it was that I felt like my body was just weird. It was just a little bit off. I felt like my even when I didn't have words for it, I felt like my proportions were off. I felt like my face was a little crooked. Um, and I felt very messy. I just, I, I felt super messy. Um, worth noting, my nickname growing up was Messy Jessie. So I, I came across that one pretty easily. Um, I still would like to write a series of children's books called Messy Jessie. <laughs> just for her. Um, yeah, I just felt like off, weird, not tidy. Um, and even when I so I began to struggle with actual I would say like disordered eating and specifically exercise anorexia um, in my late teens, early twenties. I have dabbled in and tried every version of. Um, eating disorder there is and that's part of why I wanted to write the book in a non-triggering fashion because um, the, the internet was just starting to take off in this season of my life and so I would literally go on and research and try to figure out how to do different things by googling them and so I, I just I never want to like hand any of those practices to anybody but so if you can think of one, I tried it but even in that season I, I think the thing that I wanted was to feel normal it wasn't like it wasn't that I smaller wasn't my idol and even I wouldn't even say like aesthetically pretty wasn't my idol I didn't want to be the prettiest girl in the room I wanted to feel normal I wanted to feel like not other Um, and so that was the biggest one the second area for me where body shame crept in was in the years that I started having kids and it was that I just didn't feel like I could trust my body I just I felt like it was not trustworthy I Um, which then kind of added into the weird other category for me. I really wanted to have natural childbirth and I ended up having four C-sections. I love nursing babies and I like could not make breast milk to save my life. Um, I actually made what all of my doctors, my children's doctors referred to as skim milk. Like it was like giving my, my kids like diet drinks. It was crazy. None of them could gain weight. Um, and I was, it just was this way. I was like, "What is wrong? Like, why can't why can't I do this thing?" I was actually um during having during the season of having two of my kids, my husband and I ran a maternity home. So we had pregnant teenagers living with us. We would host uh, um, up to six pregnant teenagers at a time and, um, kind of help them through that process of preparing to have their children and, and parenting their children or, or even, or either placing them for adoption. And I could never get over that. All these teen girls could just like pop babies out and nurse them. And I was like, what's wrong with my body? Like, why won't it do this? It just, it, it like, it was so hard to make those things happen. Um, and then in the thick of that, I had a miscarriage and um, I also, uh, a handful of my kids had pretty intense health issues. So then I also felt like there's something about my body that's making these these kids who struggle in this way. And I just didn't have a theology that helped me understand like that experiencing sickness didn't mean you were doing something wrong. Um, I actually was hearing maybe like a, a false gospel that, that made me feel that way, that made me feel like there was something wrong with me, that I couldn't do these things more naturally. Um, and then later, after a few of my kids were born, my body just started failing. I got diagnosed with my autoimmune disease. I, and they had, I had like a life-threatening case of meningitis that landed me in the ICU. I just started to feel all of these weird, wild things happening, and my body felt actually broken, and I felt I felt like, I I felt scared of it. I felt scared of like, okay, so I'm going to have to just be so careful all the time. I can't. Um, I can't trust it. I can't trust what's going to happen here, um, and so I started to treat my body like it was very sick all the time, I, instead of treating it like it was good. And everything I did was from was motivated from a place of shame and fear, and nothing felt like it was from a place of like worship or wholeness or wanting or wanting my body to experience goodness. So that's a really long answer to say. For me, the top three would be just like feeling other, off, weird. Um, and that's specifically mani- itso- manifesting itself in um, disordered eating and behavior and experiencing brokenness and childbearing and um, not feeling good at that. And then also just experiencing like actual sickness. Gosh, it's just so
0: evident that these wounds are so deep. Could you please share your heart behind this book and why you felt compelled to write it?
1: Yeah, Absolutely. So for
0: me, I
1: felt called to write this book, I would say for two reasons. There was a big picture reason and then there was a more timely, thoughtful reason. The big picture reason is that I only ever write about my weaknesses and I feel like I perceive that that is where I have the most authority. I am, my, my life verse is Second Corinthians 12, 9. His power is made perfect in our weaknesses. And so I've always been a girl who likes to use my words to compel people. I've always been a girl who has a lot of words <laughs> and has a lot of thoughts, but my, my, I would say, my mode of operation as an author has been, I never wanna get on a pedestal that I'm gonna fall off of. I never wanna try to be the expert about something. There's a really specific reason why I haven't written a parenting book, you know what I'm saying? Um, I want to really let my weaknesses, let my greatest pain points hit the light be honest about that. Let people see me repent. Let people see me experience God. Let me let people see me experience his grace and, and just share from that, work from that testimony. And so I always knew that being said, that being said, the big picture reason why I wrote this book is I always knew I would write a book about body image because for me, it's been the greatest area of weakness in my whole life. My earliest memory in my body is feeling like it wasn't good. My greatest moments of pain and defeat and shame and despair had to do with how I felt about my body. Um, And because of that, for me in this particular the past few years, the, this particular season of my life, where I've experienced the most freedom and healing and hope, has been in my body. So, in the back of my head, we always knew the body book was going to happen. I was, um, I began writing more traditionally in a publishing publishing sense um, around 2014, 2015, and one of the very first conversations I had with my editor, who helped me um, edit "Breaking Free from Body Shame," Stephanie. As I said, you know, eventually. I, a body book. We're going to have to do a body book because that's where I'm I'm experiencing a lot of freedom. And that was seven years ago. But specifically why now, why this book had to come out was because of the pandemic. I was not slated to write a book in 2020. I was taking the year off from book writing, um, taking the year to be with my family and just to kind of rest and hear from God about what was next. And Stephanie, my editor, called me about six weeks into the pandemic. Well, backing up first, I had a meeting with her on March 4th, 2020, right before the pandemic hit. And her and I went to lunch and we sat at a table at a restaurant and talked about the body book and what it would be like to write that book. And that night on the plane ride home without telling anybody, I just kind of pulled my laptop out and pounded out the first chapter of the book because I just I had some thoughts about it. But then put my laptop up, came home, the pandemic hit. Definitely didn't think about that again. And about six weeks later, she called me and she just asked one question. She said, How do you think women are feeling about their bodies right now? And I I said, They're feeling pretty bad. And she said, How do you think they're going to be feeling a year from now? And I I said, I think they're going to be feeling pretty bad. And so I had no idea the level of tension and distrust. And animosity that we'd be experiencing and even expressing about our bodies and towards our bodies. I could not have even bargained for that and I wouldn't have wanted to, Um, but I think the time was now because we're, we're, we're so confused about how we're supposed to feel about our bodies and what we're supposed to think about them.
0: I know this must feel so vulnerable to share these types of details about your life, but I know that so many people are benefiting from it. I think for most women, looking into the mirror can be one of the hardest things we have to do, especially when you're struggling with body image. When did you truly accept and feel proud of what you saw when you looked in the mirror? So good. Except, I would say, happened a few years ago.
1: At first, my behavior in front of the mirror had to change. So I will say that first. Um, my mind and my emotions did not change when I saw the mirror. What, the first thing that changed was my mouth so i started blessing my body when i would look in the mirror first of all i had to to stop i had to stop cursing my body when i looked in the mirror so one of the first things that i had to do regarding breaking free and a, a huge part of the book is renaming our bodies as good so one of the first things i had to stop doing was saying anything even slightly negative about my body then i had to start blessing my body i had to start speaking life over it truth over it belief over it hope over it your body is good hey girl i see you god is mighty in you um hey your butt is good that's good. You're good. You know, like actually blessing my body with my words in Jesus name. The boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places for you, Jess. The boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places for you. This is a good body. Um, That had to change. And what's wild about our mouths changing is that our minds tend to catch up and this is scriptural this is biblical this is like the power of the the transforming power of the renewing of our mind but this is also scientific it's neuroplasticity it's the fact that we can capture a thought coming in and say like I actually don't want to think that anymore I want to think this thought instead Um, so all that being said except happened a few years ago for me and, that, and so i would say i was maybe two or three years into um a freedom journey and probably two or three years into capturing negative thoughts capturing negative statements speaking life over my body and i would get to a place where i could i could feel like at ease i would say in my body like okay this is what it is this is what it is i and and i'm a i'm a big words girl so i'm gonna shift what you said i don't know that i'm at a place where i would say like i feel like overly proud of my body Um, and that's just being really honest and some people might say that's sad or that's bad. For me, I just want to be honest Um, because my body experiences a lot of weakness and as a a human who lives under the effects of the fallen world, like I, I have an autoimmune disease and Um, I have experienced a miscarriage and last month in the, in the thick of launching this book, I had to have a biopsy. Um, and so I think instead I, what I would say the very next like emotion I feel is I feel a lot of trust for my body. I feel like a lot of trust for her. I think I look at her and I'm like, oh girl, you've been through it. (laughs) I would say, especially after the pandemic, I just think I trust her in ways that I haven't before. And it's and it's kind of like a wild um, gospel centered, like I see your weaknesses. I see your pain. I see that you're, you're like, you're going to mess up, but like, but I'm not quitting on you. Um, I don't know. I had, a, I had a wild moment this past year where um, I felt like God invited me to tell myself that I wasn't going to quit on me. Just to say, like, I'm not, I'm gonna keep showing up for you. Like, I, I just trust you. And so that's a really long answer to say. How long did that take? It took me a few years to really accept my body. Now I experience a lot of trust and thankfulness and gratitude. I don't know that feeling proud of it is um
0: is like a top feeling I have. I feel a lot of gratitude for her. Thanks, Jess. This is so helpful and It brings so much hope to me and I know to so many others. As you mention so often in the book, our bodies are good. But is it wrong for us to long to make them look or feel better? Such a good question. Yes, I think so. So here's the deal. I think it's
1: a really good tool of the enemy that he has pitted freedom against a lot of other godly things so in our minds and at least in culture. So I I, can't, I it's I honestly didn't anticipate it. I could have never anticipated it, talking about this book. But I couldn't get over the amount of people that were like, okay, right, breaking from everybody's shame, but like we should also be healthy. And I keep being like, who told you that health and freedom are against each other? Like who told you that these are not, the they're not like even different sides of the coin. They, they aren't the same boulder, like – crushing shame in our souls Um, but I get it because because culture does this to us and and the enemy does this to our minds so um, I think that when we go after Jesus we will find freedom and I think that when we go after Jesus we will find health and we will find wholeness my personal story also you know you. Everybody on the internet, we just assume everybody knows everything about us. Sometimes I feel like everybody knows everything about me. Like, everybody knows my story. But so when people are like, so you just, like, you don't work out ever. And I'm like, I literally am a bar instructor. I... I became a bar instructor after writing Breaking Free From Body Shame because in the book I asked people like what would you do if your body was good and when I wrote that I knew I had to I had to follow up and say like well I know what I would do i become a bar instructor and so I I'm a physical like exercise gal um, and my personal story is that I didn't really even begin to understand that I liked exercise until I broke free from body shame um I I started this journey for me in 2014. And that same year began running half marathons and then full marathons. Um, And I, because I couldn't even, I, I couldn't even move my body like that until I believed that I had the permission to, you know what I'm saying? And so for me, I couldn't even like really run after health or wholeness until I didn't, I wasn't living under the extreme effects. Of defeat in my own mind. Um, So that being said, I don't think health and freedom are at war. I think endorphins are scientific and God's actual gift to us. Um, Moving our body, experiencing vitamin D, um, getting endorphins, like feeling wholer and healthier in our body, I think is God's actual gift to us in the same way that rest is God's actual gift to us. Here's my only like caveat and and pin is that I think a lot of us, I think it's all about motive. And I think so a lot of us, when we move, we're taught to move our bodies to make ourselves smaller, better, faster, stronger. Um, we, we're trying to become something better. We're trying to make our bodies better rather than treating them like they're already good. So for me, when I go on a two-mile run or a six-mile run or a 10-mile run. It's not about, like, beating anyone else. It's not about proving anything for anybody else. It is about me soaking up every ounce of time that I can get with God and fighting defeat with every footstep. Um, and that's also the same way that I take a nap also. Like, um, like, listen, I'm brain free for body shame. Like, I get to just take a load off right here. But so all that being said, I – I, I, in the same way that I would ask like pokey follow-up questions about people who want to lose weight, I would ask the same thing about for all of us about exercise. Are you doing something that's not fun? That's not life giving that doesn't leave you more in awe of God. Do not do it. If I was exercising in any way that made me feel bad about myself, made me feel bad about other people, made me like feel defeated, I would want to stop it immediately. I love exercise. I think it's God's gift to us. It's good. It feels great. It's so beautiful, but I don't think we have to do it from a shame-based mentality. And, and what's more, I, I understand how most of us don't understand that because it's all we're told to do. If you go to any exercise class, like, unfortunately, most of what you're getting spoken of your body is shame, um, and, and shame centered motive motivation, like get
0: better or else. Wow. Jess, that is so encouraging. Thanks for sharing that with us. Body image and body freedom isn't often talked about in the church. Like you mentioned, why do you think that is? So good. Such a good question.
1: Um, I think there's a handful of reasons. I think some of them are bad. I think some of them are good. I think some of the good reasons, I'll start with that because I'm a positive person for the most part. Um, I think some of the good reasons we don't talk about it is because we don't want to hurt feelings. That's all I got right now. Okay, here's some of the bad reasons I don't think think we don't talk about it. I think we're terrified. (laughs) I think we're terrified to talk about freedom. I think that we are worried that if people get free, that they won't be contained anymore. And I think that feels wild and a little bit scary. I think that we don't always have words and we don't always have easy answers from people about their bodies. And that's hard when we start talking about weakness and pain and disappointment in our flesh. We don't always have answers for that. It's just not as tidy and as quick as I think as we'd like it to be. Um, I think that's one reason. I think that in general, the enemy of our souls and the enemy of God's church has always loved pitting men and women against each other. And I think that one way that wild tension and separation between male and female stays in existence is the objectification of women. And so I think if we if women stay convinced that their bodies and how other people view them, that that is like tied up in their value and their worth, that they don't have kingdom worth outside of their beauty and outside of their potential fruitfulness, um, then that tension stays. And I think the enemy likes that. All that being said, um, I think the enemy is the enemy. I think the enemy of our souls is the enemy. I love the church. I'm a leader in the local church. Um, And I say that as someone who's wildly complicit in this and that I've been leading in the local church since I became a believer. Essentially, I first went on staff at a church when I was 18. And so I often say I've never heard I've never heard a full length sermon on body image, but I've also never given one until the last six months. So like I'm in this I'm with I'm with you in this. And I noticed also as a, as a leader in the local church, I, my husband and I started a church seven years ago here in Charleston. And one of the first things that was really difficult for me to get over was that all the, this, is, this sounds so selfish and it's just so honest, is that all the women weren't like me. And I think I had this perception that, um, that we would, we would be into the same things and that we'd like the same things and that we'd experience God in the same ways. And I thought like, oh, they, they'd all read their Bible in the morning, like I read my Bible in the morning, and they'd all like the things that I'd like, and we'd lit- we'd listen to the same music, and we'd read the same books. And I think that it can be intimidating when people when people's freedom looks different. And at the same time, I just think we need varied expressions of freedom to get the fullness of the body of Christ. So um, now I've learned that it's it's so cool that my friends like different books than I like, and it's so cool that um, they experience and hear from God in different ways. Um, and it and it looks different, and it sounds different, and they've seen him in different ways and that actually helps me know him better but yeah i think no matter the reasons there could be a lot more and there there probably are a lot more good reasons why we don't talk about body image in the church i think um no matter the reasons it's time because our people are struggling and i think if 2020 has taught us anything as a culture it's that avoiding hard topics doesn't serve any of us and moving toward them in grace and compassion and curiosity usually means that we all get to grow.
0: Thank you for being so raw and real to express some of the things that you have seen and witnessed and personally experienced in this struggle. What is a question that was healing for you to process through as you started your journey of breaking free from body shame?
1: A question that was really healing for me um, is... What will freedom look like for you? I think that if we don't know where we want to go and if we don't have means to capture what healing and wholeness could look like for us, then we won't really ever know when we get there. And the other reason why I think that question is really helpful is because I think a lot of us probably need to say out loud um, that freedom may not look like meeting and fitting cultural expectations. When that question was asked of me, like, hey, what will freedom look like? What would you free in your body look like? I think someone asked me that. What would you free in your body look like? And um, what what my spirit said and what my my, my mind said were two different things like what my mind wanted to say was a certain size and what my mind wanted to say was like other people thinking I'm pretty and what my mind wanted to say was like all these like really cultural temporal expectations and so once I had to really think on that question I had to say like okay what I want is to be free and so I'm gonna have to move toward that um and that might mean that I even potentially move away from these other things um, that I give up fighting for and moving toward and, toward and striving for those things. So I, that's a question I would ask a lot of women. What do you think freedom will look like for you? And what's cool is I perceive that a lot of people are going to be able to, to describe something. I hope and pray this. I hope and pray that a lot of people would describe something that they could actually just live out today. Even if they're scared even if it doesn't feel right for So as an example, a lot of women would say like, feeling free to me would be wearing the bathing suit to the pool. And so I would say like, cool news. You just can do that today. That's available.
0: This is so incredibly helpful. Thank you for sharing so much about your personal struggle and how this can help each one of us listening. Knowing what you know now, when you look back, can you see the moment you started setting standards for your body? Or started wanting something to be different.
1: I don't. I don't know if this is just me. Um, I don't remember a moment in my body where I didn't set standards for my body.
0: I don't remember a moment in my body
1: where I didn't want something different. That's my. That's my honest story. Um, my earliest memory is feeling shame in my body, as far back as I can go. And I'm one of those people with a very freakishly long like childhood memory it really bothers my parents because i remember way too much Uh, but my earliest memory is not is not liking my body so i don't remember and i i i have a lot of memories of young adulthood of childhood where people spoke negatively toward me about my body or spoke negatively about their body but i don't actually have like a nuclear memory of someone telling me my body wasn't good And then me feeling it, I just, I instinctively felt it. I just, that's what I remember first. So that's unfortunately my story. I think, I think it's, it is really, I feel like this is the question um, I get from women a lot. Like, or even the things I notice in stories, I think it can be a lot harder for women who had like a breaking day, either you know, in their teens or um, in their 20s or in their 30s where they were like, I felt okay, and then all of a sudden I didn't. I think that can be really jarring. But my personal story is, yeah, I, I always felt that way.
0: As mothers, how do you suggest we change the body narrative for our sons and daughters and the way they love themselves and love others? This is a
1: great question. I'm going to bullet point it. Number one,
0: we literally never, never,
1: never, I'm going to say one more time, never talk negatively about our bodies or anybody else's bodies ever, 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 ever. We literally never do that. And when we do, we immediately say to our kids, I am sorry, I was wrong. I'm asking for your forgiveness. I should not have done that. I'm so sorry. I think to a lot of people that might sound really extra, but that's how we do it. We, I mean, If my kids... Were to hear me so much as sigh in frustration over my body, I would stop what I was doing and say like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry guys. Let's start over. My body is good. Let's keep going. So there's number one. Now here's the great news. If someone's listening and they're like, well, I failed at that one. I already talk negatively about my body all the time. Or like my kids have definitely heard me talk negatively about other people's bodies. Here's the great news. The world changes when people repent. When we say we're sorry... And we are motivated by the grace of God, and people see us change, that is how the world changes. So your kids are not ruined, their lives are not over. You actually have a canvas of, of grace to work from so that they can see your mind be changed and your life be changed. And you're you're then not only normalizing and celebrating like beautiful kingdom body mentality, but also they're also seeing you be sorry, which is like incredible and changes the world. I tell people all the time. I don't know if my kids are gonna know the 50 states when they leave my house I don't know if they're gonna know how to set a table or they're definitely not gonna know how to make like a a dinner because I taught them Um, I'm not the cooker in our house but they are gonna know how to say they're sorry because they're gonna hear me apologize so much so that's number one we never talk negatively about our body or anybody else's body ever 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 in our house Particularly, we don't talk about anybody's body in any kind of qualitative state at all. So we don't we don't say we call it the F word. We don't say F A T. We don't talk about people being skinny either. Like we just that's not our business. That's their body. That's their their body's good. That's not our business. Um, we're not going to talk about that. So that's number one. I think the second thing that we do is that we bless our own bodies in front of our children, and we bless their bodies, and we bless other people's bodies. Um, so we talk about them in a positive light, not, not um, a, again, like a culturally glorifying light, but we, we talk about their capability and their strength and their wholeness and their goodness um people have asked me like do you literally tell your kids their body is good and I say yes I tell them their body is good um when they're feeling sick I pray for them and I I ask that they would feel that their body is good that God would help their body to heal um but also when they fall and they and they trip and 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 they're feeling broken and heavy and weary and week I say like hey let's let's just speak some life over your body Um, they hear me say positive things about my body and they hear me live they watch me live positively about my body and so um, I think a lot of this is innate and it's picked up Um, but some things that have served my kids and my family in the last few years is I shared earlier that I one of one of the the newer forms of body shame that I've struggled with is feeling like my body is sick or feeling like it's really weak and it's infirm. And I, and I was like struggling with like treating it like that a lot instead of um, being curious about how it could heal or what it could do, even when it was experiencing weakness. So all that being said, I I, I noticed that I was very scared of injury. And I'm really accident prone, like super accident prone. I got a concussion last month on a water slide. Like I'm, I am the accident girl. Um, I, I, I have a frequent flyer card at the ER. I have like bruises and scrapes all over my knees at all times. But so a few months ago, I got a skateboard, and my kids were like, "What in the world? Why did you go skateboard?" And I was like, "Because I'm just sick of being so scared. I'm sick of being so like frightened." And I got my husband got it for me for Christmas. And I went out in the first like two minutes, fell and like busted my leg. <laughs> and um, I was wearing a helmet, thank goodness, and I wear pads and all the things. But I just wanted, I just wanted my kids to see, like, look, I'm going to try new things in my body. I'm going to, I'm going to experience bravery in my body. So all that being said, I think we really start with our words and we move out through our actions. But I just want to give a huge like lifeboat of hope. To anyone, which is probably most of us, who hasn't done this well, we actually get to change the world when we apologize to our kids and we change our behavior. And, and this can be as, as dramatic as sitting everybody down and saying, like, guys, mom has not done well in this. I've, I've, I have to change You're going to notice me changing the way I act about this, Um, whether it's you talking about your body or anybody else's. And then I think this goes without saying, but let's not leave it unsaid. We never talk negatively about our kids' bodies ever. We just don't, 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 don't.
0: This really makes me think that there is hope for change and that you are starting a movement that could really impact not only our generation, but our daughters and their daughters. What role do you believe social media plays in the way we view our bodies?
1: Well, I don't think it's super helpful. (laughs) I'll tell you that. (laughs) What role does social media play in the way that we see our bodies? I don't think it's super helpful, but I'm going to tell you this. I don't think social media started this thing. Um, I don't think it's social media's fault. I don't hate the internet. Um... But I do think it's interesting. Somebody was telling me the other day, you know, when we talk about body image, we often talk about our mothers, our grandmothers, our aunts. Um, You know, a lot of people have wounds from childhood or from their family of negative things that were spoken over them, bondage that they experienced. And this person I was talking to was telling me, like, you know, it seemed like in the 70s and the 80s, like women were just in so much bondage about weight loss and and how their bodies looked. And you think back to the 60s and the performance-based mentality that was there. And I was like, yeah, but also now we're putting filters over our face we are putting fake faces on like we are putting fake faces on that's crazy pants like can you imagine if we had told one of our grandmothers like you know you really should talk about dieting less one day we're just going to uh fake it we're just gonna like completely touch our photos and zoop 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 and make ourselves i mean like that is crazy and wild of bondage so i don't think that but i don't think that social media is helping um, I don't think it's the problem. I don't think it's the enemy, but I certainly don't think it's helping. My biggest issue with social media is this. Everyone's lying. That's it. That's my problem. Everyone's lying. No one looks how they say they look. And that's making us all hate the way we actually look. And it's making, it's perpetuating a very false um, reality for a lot of people. Um I'm I'm deeply concerned. I'm deeply concerned about our daughters and our granddaughters. And um, in general, I think that this generation coming behind us is eager for freedom in a way that I certainly wasn't when I was their age, and that makes me hopeful. But at the same time, they're born. They were born into and handed a false reality about beauty. And um, that makes me nervous for them. And, and more than it makes me nervous, even from the perspective of them comparing themselves to other people in false pictures, I'm, I'm really interested in the, the effects of like filters and how they see themselves and how that's perpetuating body dysmorphia in just a really intense way. Um, so I don't think it's helping at all. I think that the cool thing is we can fight it by not lying about how we look when we go on the internet.
0: What lies about beauty have you experienced? I, I would say the most prevalent lie I've experienced about
1: beauty is that it's one dimensional. It's gross and it's commercialistic and consumeristic and it's weirdly big business that like every few years or every month or every season we like prescribe what pretty is now right now. Even this is this is getting wildly specific. Even that like Pantone puts out a color of the year. I used to love that and now I hate it a little bit. Like don't tell me what color to like. Don't tell me the best color. I'm going to like whatever colors I like. <laughs> That's how I feel a little defiant about it right now. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think beauty is so multidimensional and... It's so multidimensional and the kingdom is multidimensional. I mean, the kingdom is many colors and shapes and sizes and if I think I think a lot of us have to shake our heads and say, like, how are you picturing eternity? So if you're picturing a lot of people who look like you or a lot of people who look how you think you want to look, you're just dead wrong. You're so wrong. Um, We're so wrong. Like it's every tribe, every color, every size, every body. Beauty is so multidimensional. And I'm I'm like a glutton for God's glory. I want to see as much of it on earth as I can. I want to soak up as much of his goodness as I can. And that means that I have to get outside of the confines of one dimensional beauty.
0: Thanks again, Jess, for answering such timely, difficult, and hopeful questions that will help all of us as we navigate um, this topic of body shame and how we can instead live to embrace and also encourage other women to live um, with a healthy perspective of what God's given us. So thank you. Thank you for joining me today. And if you connected with something that was said, I hope you will share this with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for sharing this journey with me. At home, where it all begins.